an unusual scent, one he didn't recognize, passed through hairline cracks in the shelving. New leather mixed with lemon and something else. And then all at once the footsteps retreated from the pantry. A moment later he sensed a change in the air, followed by the sound of the house's front door opening and closing. But he couldn't be sure. And because he wasn't sure, he knew that he remained in danger. He couldn't go back into the house. He drew his bathrobe more tightly around himself and eased down the steps into the darkness. It was farther than he remembered. When he reached the tunnel's soft earthen floor, he began walking. His hands guided him along the left concrete wall into the unknown. He went much farther than he had last summer. His teeth chattered and his hands tightened with cold. He thought he had to get out or he'd die. After a while, he stumbled upon another set of stairs. These he climbed carefully, and at the top of them touched the wooden surface he found. At first it seemed to be the back of another hidden pantry door with no discernible latch, but he was relieved to find a typical round knob. Turning it, he pushed open the door and walked into a pantry that was much larger than the one in his parents' house. He knew he'd reached the lodge. Recessed lights burned low, illuminating shelves of spices and juices, canned goods and cereal, flour and wheat, syrup and sugar. On the floor he saw bushels of potatoes and winter squash. At the edge of a green marble countertop was a telephone. Beside the telephone was a pile of folded wool blankets. Without alerting anyone in the lodge to his presence, he picked up the telephone and dialed 911. Someone killed my family, he whispered when the dispatcher answered. Please help me. Chapter 2 Three days later, Buddy's cell phone rang in the silent, brittle cold. He considered not answering. He was standing at his mother's grave in Kensico Cemetery, north of New York City. His mother, who died of cancer 21 years ago today. He'd been close to her and didn't want to be distracted. But a feeling of duty welled up within him. He was a detective first grade with the New York City Police Department, and his job was nearly all that mattered to him. He reached into the breast pocket of his navy blue overcoat and pulled out the phone. Locke here, he said. Detective Locke, this is Ray Sawyer. I'm an attorney for a member of the Brooke family. The names weren't immediately familiar. Yeah? Detective, I need your help solving murders. In the faint light, it wasn't yet seven in the morning, but he shook his head, annoyed this stranger had called him. He said, I'm with the NYPD and I don't moonlight. You'll have to find someone else to work the murder. Murders, Detective Locke, three of them, almost an entire family. Upstate at a great camp in the Adirondacks wilderness. Now Buddy made the connection. He'd read about the crime in the Gazette. Many hints about the murder of a rich family at their estate up north. No arrest, he recalled, hardly any information. Not even a statement of how the family had died. And some of the details he'd found didn't add up. For example, no, he told himself. God damn it. No, stop thinking about it. He turned from his mother's grave and said, 
Mr. Sawyer, I'm assigned to the 19th Precinct in Manhattan and normally don't have jurisdiction anywhere else. Aren't the state police handling it? Yes, but they're lost, Sawyer told him. And this is a Manhattan crime. I need you, Detective Locke, Sawyer pleaded. I need you or I wouldn't have called. But he stopped. Turning, he looked at his car, the only one parked along Lakeview Avenue. What do you mean a Manhattan crime? Sawyer said, Camp Kateri is owned by the Brooks. Four houses arrayed around a main lodge, one house for each branch of the family. In the winter, there's nobody up there except the caretaker and one or two of the staff. But a few days ago, the entire family was gathered for the New Year's holiday. Somebody entered one of the houses and killed Alden Brook, his wife Brenda, and their daughter, Ellen Marie. The murders are Manhattan crimes because all the family live in Manhattan. And the staff.